today you have probably had a season or a time in your life where you felt discouraged and guess what if you did you're normal so we're gonna dig into this aspect of discouragement today to really understand what it can do in our lives and how we have to live with seasons or periods of time where we might feel discouragement but here we come down to this the $64,000 question which in today's terms is probably much more in terms of thousands of dollars. But why is discouragement such an issue for many men today? Wendell, good to have you here and leading us into this podcast. I know this is a wonderful topic. And I say wonderful. It's wonderful because sometimes we don't talk about it enough. That's right. And guys go through discouragement on a daily basis. Some go through seasons of discouragement where they are down for weeks or months at a time. So let's dig into that. Why do you think this is such an issue for men? Well, let me get into that in in about 10 seconds. I want to welcome everybody to the Act Like Men Leadership Podcast, designed to help pastors and ministry leaders build out an engaging ministry with their men. The importance of all this is that everyone deserves an opportunity to become an authentic, biblically-based, man of God. Hello, everyone. I am Wendell. You heard Dale. Welcome. And it's great to have you, the reason we exist, on the show today. So the question was, why is discouragement such an issue for many men today? And we all feel it from time to time. We can become discouraged. Discouragement is often felt when there's an unmet expectation or a personal failure or a perceived setback or a real setback. Something that we did not plan for or something we cannot seem to get out of. And so the natural response is discouragement. Mm. It's at those times we need to maintain an overcomer's mindset. By that, I just mean take on the attitude that, yes, I am going to face discouragement. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. But what do I do with it when it comes? Do I take a victim mindset and say, I can't do anything about it. I'm just where I am, la, 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 la. Or do I have some kind of an overcomer's mindset that says, I am discouraged. I'm going to take a day or even a couple of days. Hmm. And then at the end, I'm going to get back up and we're going to try to move forward regardless of how I'm feeling. Recognize I'm not the first man that's going to face this, right? Yeah. You faced it, Dale. I faced it. Yep. Our listeners have faced it. And so it's not unique to me. So where does it come from? we talked about unmet expectations. Uh, sometimes a perfect storm can occur. And then we isolate. Men tend to isolate when they're facing something. They feel like they have to do it alone because I'm a man. I can do this. And they see themselves as self-sufficient. We think that our skills, our expertise combined with our passion for something will certainly lead to success. So I'm the one that's got to do that. Mm -hmm. Not sure about that. Dr. Grassi has a quote. He said, being passionate can be a double-edged sword. It can invite misunderstanding, conflicts, disappointments, 
and discouragement. What do you think about that, Dale? Well, you know, I think, first of all, it's spot on. Sometimes our passion for things can overdrive our headlights, so to speak, you know, the old uh-huh. term. And, wow, and, I think, and I think, you know, again, passion is something that God plants in our heart, gives us something Amen. to be excited Amen. about and encouraged about. But then at times that passion can push us into wrong things. We make decisions maybe without possibly thinking them all the way through, or at least taking good counsel from those around us, including our spouse, or maybe some godly men in our life. But passionate men are needed today. But you got to be careful about that, too, because as Dr. Grassi said, it can be a double-edged sword. Yeah, it really can. Dale, you, you were telling me about a story of a, of a sailor. Um, can, you, can you recount some of that? And what, what happens when you're using a sailboat for your, your, uh, your motor, your power? Yeah. Any thoughts well, on that? I was watching a, a, a sailing competition. They were down in Australia and, you know, in today's uh, drone markets and so on. They had these nice drones and they were over the top of the sailboats. Oh, wow. And each of the sailboats had a little target thing on it that showed what wind they were facing and how fast they were going. And it right. was amazing to me that these very gifted sailors and these multi-million dollar catamarans could be operating in the exact same wind, but one could be going 15 or 20, even 30 miles faster than the other one. And it was all because of the position of the sails and the tact of the person. So again, winds are going to blow everybody, possibly even in the same direction. But if you know how to navigate a little bit better, not only will it be faster and better, you'll get through it quicker if you know how to get there in the right time. That's a great illustration because, you know, you and I face winds of discouragement and it, it, it may be the exact same wind, pressure, speed, same circumstances, and then people respond differently to that. Very true, and, and you know. And I'm and I'm not a sailor, but I do know this: that sail has to be set right to catch that wind at an optimum yeah. to get you yeah. through this time. And it's interesting that a wind can blow in your face, and you can still use it to power you into the wind. Uh, that that has always dumbfounded me because I would think if the wind's behind me. That's the direction I need to go. So it's not the direction of the wind, meaning the discouragement or the circumstances. It's the set of the sail, as you described. You know, and I think that highlights the point that sometimes our headwinds are the time where we gain the most ground. Because we're digging in and we set that sail just a little bit more and Mm. we make the progress that we never thought we would make. But that headwind sometimes can be, in effect, a, a blessing from God. Amen. It's hard to hard to say thank you at the time, right? It is hard to say thank you, God, for this this, this discouraging time. But uh, absolutely, we learn the most, we grow the most, we experience the, the the some of the best things in our life through some moments of discouragement or things that have come at us in a hard way. Um, I remember the, in the Book of Numbers, the twelve spies, right? They were going into the Promised Land. Yeah. Ten of them said, there's giants in the land. We cannot win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd have probably been one of the ten, to be honest Oof. with you. Oof. Two says, we got them. We got this. They got on our side. We got this. A minority report turned into great success when they relied on God. 
Mm. So what are the lessons or the, what is the self-talk? What is the, the evil one trying to throw at us in the midst of discouragement? And how do we perceive those circumstances? Are we like the 10 who say, can't be done. We need to go back. We need to not do this. It's not going to happen. Or we like the two who believe that that's what God has called you to. And regardless of the wind in your face, the set of the sail can get you through. Those are real questions. I think they are. And I I think the, the, one of the key thoughts that comes to my mind from this, this numbers passage is that when they came back and again, these 10 are saying, we got big problems. And these other two are saying, you know what? Yeah, they're probably going to be problems, but here's the solution. We've got a bigger God than those guys got. Mm. And if we take that into account, yes, they still look big and yes, they're still going to cause some problem and they're going to be an obstacle. But I'll tell you this, if we take God in there with us, we got this one. We're going to get through this. And I love the, the fact that even though 10 said, don't go, the other two said, wait a minute, let's not forget the divine. Let's take God in. And the result was they were able to conquer many, many parts of the land there. Mm, you know, so much, much of it is how we see what we're facing, right? Are we focused yeah. on the problem? Yep. Are we focused on the solutions? I wear glasses. They're actually trifocals, believe it or not. <laughs> and they change how I see things. If I take them off, everything's a little blurry. When I put them on, depending on where I'm looking, even through the glasses, is how I see what I see. Up close, I look down, right? Far out, I have to look out. But it changes the dynamic of my perception of what is going on out in front of me. And I think there's a lot of truth to what glasses we put on. Yep. And how we view the lens that we use to look at the world around us can make all the difference in the world. You know, the apostle Paul went through so many tough times and when he gives the account of all the things he's been through, been put in jail, naked of cold and, you know, all of those things. And yet he says to the church in Corinth in first Corinthians 16, he says this, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. And and then, you know, in those warrior terms, then he comes back immediately after that. But he says, and do everything in love. Wow. And and I think there's a, a couple of key things we got to pull away from that. But I think the main part of that is, look, there are going to be times when you're going to have to stand up and take a stand for things that you know are right. Even in the in the view of, of opposition and the headwinds that we talked about earlier with the sailing example you still have to keep moving forward. So gird up, be strong and be confident, be, you know, be courageous in all things and uh, realize that you have a God on your side who can defeat giants, no matter if they're in the land or not. And wrap everything in love was that last little piece, which was what you identified as the opposite of the soldier mentality, the warrior mentality. Yeah. But if if we wrap it in love, that gives us the way we're to accomplish the things around us. So, Dale, what do we do now? What's again, there's no specific one, two, three, four, five, but let's identify a handful of things anyway that guys might be able to, to get a hold of. 
let me give some thoughts. And this is somewhat out of personal perspective and so on, but I think out of, I could back this up from a biblical example as well, but let me give seven quick key things. And again, this is not an exhaustive list, but the first thing is this, when you get in the face of discouragement and those headwinds start coming, keep the main thing, the main thing by maintaining your perspective. In other yep, words, yep, again, yep. what is your ultimate mission? What's your ultimate goal? Don't Correct. lose sight of the fact. Second, recognize that failure can be a great lesson. Ooh, you may have to good. go through some seasons of failure or even the discouragement time, but pay attention, learn the lesson once. Don't go back to night school over and over and over to learn the same <laughs> lesson again. So great. recognize great that failure can really be turned into a great lesson. Number three, though, check your ego. Oh, yeah. Realize this. Oftentimes, we make it a a personal battle. It's about us. It's probably not. So make sure your ego isn't getting you into something that your mind and your heart and your strength aren't going to be able to get you out of. But here's another key one, too. Find a mentor. Somebody has been through maybe some of these headwinds. Someone who's been through maybe this area of discouragement, somebody somebody who's been in the battle that you're maybe facing right now, get that mentor, have them give you the advantage of their experience and their maturity. Maybe they can guide you through it. I think that's helpful, Dale. The mentor piece is so big. You know, we'll go back to how we opened this show, which was the macho mentality of I'm I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be discouraged. I can do this myself. And so often, if we just had a guide who's been there before and walked us through, you know, we talked about the settlers coming across the Rocky Mountains for the first time. Yeah. It's like that had to be overwhelming, but they always had a guide after that. Yep. And that was a huge piece in their long-term success. And that mentor can be that scout, that someone who goes out in front, knows the land, and they tell you what to do to get prepared. Yep, Absolutely. A fifth key part of this, I think, is chart your own course and realize this. Every other man's journey is not necessarily yours. So be careful. Pick your journey. Do it right. Do it based on your gifts and your skills and all of that. But chart your own course. Number six, play by the rules and the right rewards will come. Don't take shortcuts. You really need to focus on your actions and and really give it your best work. Don't try to shortchange anything because the the greatest challenges that you're going to have in life are probably going to be some of the best potential opportunities for you as well. Agreed. Number seven here to break the negative patterns and build back uh, in your life. In other words, if you've gone through that season of discouragement and maybe it's left some some residual effects in your life, get rid of them, clean it up, get ready to go and build back in some strongholds in your life. Maybe you went through a season where you had to walk away from some involvement in church, or maybe some of the relationships that you counted on through your life. And now all of a sudden you've got through this season, restore those relationships, get them back. You're going to need them in the future, but build those patterns back into your life. Amen. Good. Good. That's a good list. And again, one of those items may hit some of our men, any one of our men uh, that are listening to this today. And uh, the one piece is, a, is enough to get you moving forward. So what a couple of things to think about. I, I always ask myself, what are the kinds of things that discourage me? What am I most vulnerable to when it comes to discouragement? And identify those. Is it relationally? Is it physically? Is it 
job? What what is it that is it money, finances? What is it that causes typical discouragement in my life? Name it, identify it, yeah. recognize it when it comes into your life. Yep. And then the next question is how can we focus on eternal things or things that help us change our mindset so that we're not focused on the problem, but we're going to focus on the solutions and give us the passion and, and uh, uh, a zeal back in our life. Hmm. Jesus said this, if anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant the opportunity to sit with me on my throne. And I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Mm. Listen, we know life is tough. We yeah. know there are things that are going to kick you in the teeth. Yep. And easy to get discouraged, easy to stay there, easy to focus on the problem. But I encourage you today to focus on a solution. Identify your weakness when it comes to discouragement and try to move through that. Grab a mentor, a friend. Look at those lists that Dale walked through so eloquently and it was so helpful. But grab something that helps you have a lifeline. Recognize you're not going to get out of this on your own, typically. And so uh, try to move forward with that. So a lot of the material was taken from uh, some of Jim's books, Jim Grassi's books, the founder of Ms. Mr. Catalyst, one specific uh, booklet called Discouragement, and very, very helpful there. So, Dale, again, thank you for your leadership. Thanks for joining us today. And men, thank you for jumping on board. You are the reason we exist. Just a reminder, our episodes are launched every first and third Thursdays of the month. If you've not yet subscribed, please do so. Prior to each episode, the the notes are released that go with it. Again, thank you for joining us today. The reason we exist is for you, because every man deserves an opportunity to become an authentic, biblically-based man of God.